0: Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, where we uncover the stories that shaped the business owner. Brought to you by Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara.
1: Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast.
0: My name is Lisa Settle. and My name is Isla O'Hara
1: and we'll be your hosts for today. The Business Diaries is a storytelling platform for businessmen and women to share their stories, the ups and downs of the entrepreneur, providing the rest of us with valuable insights, tips and motivation. The storytelling began as live events back in 2017, and this has transformed into a podcast during lockdown, and Isla and I are really pleased to be able to keep these stories coming. So today, our story begins in a war zone where a particular incident set in motion a very personal battle.
0: Isla, tell us, who's in the guest seat today? Thank you, Lisa. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Phil Wilson to the show today. But before we hand over to Phil, let me tell you a little bit about him. Phil is a professional musician. Since 1985, he's been touring around the UK and overseas with a variety of artists, known and unknown. In 2004, he launched his own company, Inspirational Rhythms, and began taking on more work as a percussionist, rhythm, event facilitator, and speaker. Before the pandemic, he was phenomenally busy, touring UK and Europe with different shows, bookings in over 140 theatres, including the SECC in Glasgow and London's O2 Arena, And he had speaking engagements booked in the UK, Scandinavia, Dubai and beyond. However, as Lisa has alluded to, his journey hasn't all been plain sailing up until this point. Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, Phil.
2: Hello, Uh good morning, Phil.
0: Hello there. Uh, Lovely to have you on board. I have to say, I'm excited to hear your story today. So without further ado, Phil, I'm going to hand over the
2: platform for you. Thank you very much, and hello everybody. Um, <clears throat> to, to cut a, a sort of a forty-five-year-old story short, um, and after talking to my parents over the years, this, this all started in around in about nineteen sixty-five. My, my father was in the Royal Engineers, in the army, and he was uh, posted to Aden, which is in the Yemen. And we uh, we we were there. It was uh, there was you know, everyone was throwing stones at each other. It wasn't a very nice place to be. But for um, reasons known no, only no, no to the, the, the UK guys in charge, they sent the families out with the soldiers. And there was all kinds of stuff going on all the time. There was, we heard guns going off, we heard bombs going off, and it was always in the distance. And this one particular evening um, or night, uh, there was a massive explosion just across the road from, from our flats. And all the windows in the flats were broken. Um according to my to my mum who spoke to me about this several times afterwards, I sat up in bed going blue in the face. I wasn't breathing. I was in I was in a huge state of shock. And she had to slap me around the face to get me just to cry just so I could breathe in. Um, that worked. I'm here. And for about two to three weeks after, I didn't say a thing. I didn't speak one word. I couldn't speak. And then as my school life went on, I developed a stammer, and it was quite a pronounced one. I couldn't say my own name at register and all that sort of thing. But I lived with it, and I was fine with it throughout um, primary school, and then I went to a boarding school in Germany, and it seemed to be okay there. But it was only when I came to the UK where schooling was slightly different and not as strict as what I was used to. I used to get teased about my stammer and bullied about my stammer Um, I say I couldn't say my own name. Um, Certain words I would try and change because I could see a T coming up or a B coming up, and as a result, I'd try and change it. And in one instance, I I was in the class, and I I couldn't say a certain word, like pulleys, for instance, and the uh, teacher asked me, how how many P's in pulley, Wilson? And the class fell about laughing, and I just had, had to leave the class. And that was pretty much school. Right until, until I left, I was being teased all the time, bullied, called all kinds of names, punched in the corridor, you know, just, just for having a stammer. Um, I, I started working in, in retail, funnily enough, and what would happen when I got comfortable with a particular person, uh, for instance, in a one-to-one conversation, I could speak fine. There wasn't a problem. If I was aware of somebody listening in, then I'd be conscious of stammering and I would stammer. But this didn't seem to hold me back in my retail job. I became a manager with a stammer, um, and it went really, really well. I was always interested in music. I was uh, playing drums at school, and then I joined little local bands once once I left school. And come 1985, um, I took the plunge to to turn professional. And I was, uh, well, it was, it it, it happened overnight, like most of these things do. People say it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, and I would just left retail, and I had a phone call from from someone I'd known for some years, and he said, "What are you doing at the moment?" I said, "Nothing. I've I've got two or three weeks off." And He said, oh, "In you're coming to Norway for a month with a band." So I was off. That was it. That was when I turned pro. Um, I spent a month in Norway. Then I came back to the UK, toured the UK with various bands. Then I went off to Europe several times, and went as far as Spain, Dubai. Um, oh, all over the place, really. Scandinavia quite a few times, Denmark, Russia. And absolutely loved it. But I still had this stammer. And uh, one particular day, I I decided to promote my drum teaching. I started to teach drums as a little sideline, really. Um, And I placed an advert in a a paper in one of these local local rags. And on the back of that uh, advert, I had a telephone call from a gentleman who was uh, involved with running an, a, a networking group. He said, you know, we'd, we'd like to introduce you to people who've got their own businesses, people who have contact with businesses, and uh, perhaps, you know, they put you in touch and you can increase your workload, and then likewise, you'll be able to pass on information um, and, and leads on to them. I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. And then the, uh, the penny dropped that this meeting started at 6.30 in the morning, which meant me leaving home at about 5.30 in the morning. I mean, I didn't realise that 5.30 in the morning existed, let alone having to get up in it and drive somewhere. Um, but this this came as a complete shock. You know, I cope with it. I was used to getting up early that for airports. But to, to get up that early in the morning and head not towards Heathrow or Gatwick or Luton, was quite strange and it was dark and mysterious. It was the witching hour as far as I was concerned. You know, people should not be awake at that time of the day. So I turned up at this meeting and everyone there was fine. I was, you know, keep, keeping a fairly low pro profile. And then just prior to the meeting starting, I was um, uh, informed or invited by, I can't remember the terminology that they used, to stand up at the end of the meeting and, and talk briefly about my business and the sort of people I would like to meet. Well, this was shock and horror. I mean, I was in a in a, in a mess, but I didn't want to say no. You know, it, I, you know I had to get up. out had, had a bed early. I wasn't going to just fail. For, you know, it, it, it wasn't pay, pay your back time. I really wanted to get up and have, have, a go, have a go at this. So I watched the meeting, listened to the meeting. I was making notes about what other people were saying, how they were saying it, um, and Sam might say were introducing. And then came my turn. I stood up and I couldn't say. Phil. I got stuck on, on, the, on, on, the, on the F sound, which was one of my hates at school. And I think my brief um, introduction may have lasted two or three minutes. And I could feel the sweat running down my back. It was horrendous. Um, and I sat down. They, they, people were very polite. And I sat back sat, sat, sat down in my chair. And I had a really strange light bulb moment. Um, I'd, I'd been watching uh, instruction Um, with videos, audios, listening to audios, and reading books on talking, speaking. And one of these was, um, you must try and turn a negative into a positive, which means that, you know, say for instance, you've been trying to give up smoking for years. You know, I've tried to give up smoking. Have you tried everything? But, well, no, they haven't. Um, so you think, well, what can I try to help me give up smoking? Somebody might try patches. That didn't work. And some people may give up or they might say, OK, the patches didn't work. What else can I do to help me give up smoking? Then they will try something else. If that didn't work, what else can I do? You see what I mean? It, it's ongoing. It's a bit like those puzzles of mazes you used to get in books and uh, mags years and years ago where you'd have a, a gold coin in the mid, mid, middle of a maze. And you'd have four or five entrances into that maze. And you you'd go through one entrance, you do a right, you do a left, etc. You find your way around. And you come to a dead stop and you can't go anywhere other than going back the way you came and starting again. Now, I don't know anybody who tore up that book or that that magazine. The first instance they failed and threw it away. They would go to entrance B and try that and then entrance C and try that. So it was that that I was thinking about while I was sat down you know, and I could feel my face was bright red. Um, What can I do to help me speak better in public? And first of all, they said, would I like to go back the following week? And Rather than quit while I thought I was ahead, I said, you know what? Yes, I'd love to come back next week, Um, which put a timeline on me that I had to get something sorted in seven days. So I spoke to my wife and I spoke to other people about it. And I ended up having a telephone call from my nephew, who's a teacher in Worcester. And he said that he was watching a series on TV called Educating Yorkshire. And in there, there was a young chap with a stammer um, who had to go through an oral exam. And his English teacher played him music through headphones, an idea he got from a film called The King's Speech. Now, I'd never seen The King's Speech because it was about stammer. And one thing I didn't want to be is reminded about stammering. Um, I never used to watch Open All Hours either, because the jokes were on stammering. I saw one episode of it when it very first started and had to walk away from it because people were laughing at the stammer and i'm sorry i've I've got a fantastic sense of humor but i didn't find that funny so i my my wife i think she bought the dvd of the king's speech and i watched it and i thought this is pretty amazing so i started to take some ideas from the king's speech and the next this all happened in a week and the following week i went into um the meeting uh took to my feet at the end and tried my introduction again and it failed again and I thought well that didn't work what else can I do yeah and and I I never felt negative about the stammer anymore I thought I can can beat this so I I watched the film better and started to take up bits and pieces I joined the um meeting group as as a regular occurrence if anything to get practice at speaking and within that group there was a hypnotherapist called tim box and I, I spoke to him and i said have you ever helped somebody with a stammer now i know he'd done um, usual fears like spiders leaves flying but he said he hadn't spoken to anyone with a stammer so i said can i come along and have a go and he was he was certainly up for it so i went went along um and tim tim's brilliant He he puts you in a a fantastic sense of relaxation he's got a very comfortable chair he dims the lights and he starts speaking to you my only problem here was i fell asleep it, it, it was so comfortable and so relaxing and yeah you know, being a musician if it's quiet and dark you tend to fall asleep and he, he sort of woke me up and he said i think you went a bit too deep there mate we're gonna have to have another go so um you know, not reluctantly, but I parted with the money and I booked another appointment. And I went back the following week, and the session worked. And from then, I, I didn't feel any different. But I stood up in the in the meeting and I was speaking what I thought was like a Radio 2 presenter. No stammering, P's and T's were all clear, and I was absolutely away with the fear. It was fantastic. Well, that instantly started an interest in speaking. How could I? How could I improve speaking? How could I get better at it? How could I make use of it? Now, my, my wife had recently been through breast cancer and I'd become involved with a breast cancer charity. At the time, they were called Breakthrough. Um, and in uh, 2011, I ran the marathon for them. This was before my stammer uh, was, was sorted out. So I was already involved with the charity in a fairly big way. So I started to ask them if I could be involved in uh, opportunity to speak for the charity on behalf of charity so I'd go to events and thank people for raising the money um, I'd go to groups to talk about the charity and about breast cancer and how to be aware of it all, all the other things that go, go along with it and then I got I got the bug for speaking um, I went on a couple of courses learning how to be a public speaker um, I was encouraged to use my own story which which I did and it just went from from strength to strength. Now my cousin, uh, one of my cousins in over in Essex, he he does drum circles in in schools, where he gets children to play rhythms together, and and it's fantastic. And I had been on the, uh, I was was one of the thousand drummers on the Olympics opening ceremony in London, so so I, I learned people management and people movement, um, and how to get a thousand people without any sense of rhythm to play rhythm. Because although there was a 1,000 drummers, there was only about 70 or 80 full-time drummers there, um, and probably less than half of the people were drummers. But we all played the same rhythm and at the same speed, and it was amazing. So I I sort of stole some of the techniques and started looking into that further. And as a result, my um, company, Inspirational Rhythms, was, was born, and I started to do presentations using rhythm as an introduction uh in these instances i would get crowds up to 500 people it's the largest one i've done so far within 30 seconds clapping six different rhythms in time with each other um using manner of instruments cowbells boom whackers drums all that sort of thing and encouraging people that they can start new things that they haven't believed they could do before by showing them they could do it and that's using the techniques that i learned from 2012 on the Olympics, techniques I've learned from various drum uh, for facilitators over the world and uh, from, my, from my cousin Steve. And it absolutely works well for all age groups. I mean, I've done uh, groups with school children from ajamas two and three up up to adults and old folks' homes. We've also gone into um, sp- uh, schools with children with special needs um, and, and they've got. You know, fantastic experience from it, and and, and, and I've really loved, I've loved it. And I'm now doing talks on building confidence. I'm doing talks on making uh, small changes, but making small changes count in a big way. My small changes were, you know, my my largest change was that, that phrase, what can I do to make me do X, Y, Z? And, and it works on... on on everything, whether it's weight loss, whether it's fitness, whether it's smoking, whether it's, I think, whether it's anything, you know, if, if, if A doesn't work, then have a crack at B, you know, and then have a crack at C and just keep going. I mean, I had my stammer from from, from five and, until I was 55, um, and I'm 61 now, so all this has happened in, in the last six years, and it's been absolutely amazing. So from having a stammer at school, Um, adolescence and being an adult to some hypnotherapy and some and some training a company that I'm very very pleased to run called Inspirational Rhythms was born. Oh thank you so much Phil what an inspiring story
1: it's fascinating how you've turned things around you really have you've almost taken failure as a positive and and run with it it's led you to discover other pathways other options and what a difference it's made to you.
2: I think it's all down to, in my experience, it's down to the confidence because every time I stood up, I was afraid of stammering. And because of my experience at school, I was afraid of being teased, laughed at, bullied, etc. cetera. But I've learned in, in the public speaking world that people are there to listen to you, listen for advice. They're not listening to be ready to take the mickey. You know, they're, they're oh, there to learn oh. something. And, and the difference is is absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, can we can we just go back to the beginning? Because um, my yeah. immediate thoughts were, you know, what an awful situation to, for a five year old to be in in sort of a war zone. Um, and I'm sure many people don't know where Aden is. And you you mentioned um, it's, it's near West, Yemen. Somalia. Yes. In the Yemen, yeah. yeah, which is near Somalia, and and kind of an area that's renowned for pirating and all sorts going on. Um, so, really, really quite a scary place.
2: To, I, I think the the I think the British Army was there in in a in, in more of a policing role. Um, right. What, what I can remember from from there, and I've done a little bit of. I went to a. a, a an aircraft museum um oh a couple of years ago now well, it would have been a couple of years ago because last year everyone was shut um uh-huh. a couple of years ago and there was a section there about Aden. um and i found out there that they were there as a policing role uh, although they were completely armed i mean i remember there being a field gun at the bottom of our flats um on on at, at street level and machine gun posts on the top of our flats i mean we we were in a a place called Marla, and our flats were the very last flat at the end of Marla Strait. So between us and the mountains, there was nothing. So you know, with hindsight, not only is sending the families of the British soldiers to a, an active, you know, fairly violent policing zone, mm-hmm. let's all put them in a big white building at the end of the street. <laughs> 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 it's a, not Egg a good on top, idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. and that's and, and it was it was a, a shock. Um, in the street adjacent, that was that was that was bombed, but so badly bombed it caused a fire in our flats and all the windows to shatter. Mm. You mentioned in your horrific. story
0: you were saying that it, you know rocks and stones were being being thrown, but it, it was more than that, I think, wasn't it? Wasn't it?
2: Yeah, that's a euphemism for yeah, yeah, uh, things that travel a lot faster. But I remember my dad bringing his machine gun home and I cleaned the bullets for him. You know, things have changed an awful lot since then. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yeah. Because he was on twenty-four hour watch, you know, he he would sleep with a loaded gun gun in the house. Um. So if they were called out, he could just go. Right. And uh, yeah, and I've hated Dif- guns ever since. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, not surprised. surprised. Scary times. But say, I I, there's, I, I can't remember that much about it because I it was I, I was I was a school kid. That was, a, you know, I, I, it seemed natural for me to get picked up. By a, a a big big dark green bus with the windows meshed to stop hand grenades being thrown at the bus with two armed guards on it. It was just the way we went to school. You know, we go to school and and the playground had um, the playground was like a very large courtyard, but it was it had fencing all round it and on the top of it to stop things being thrown in. Mm. Um, but I thought it was natural. I didn't I didn't think it was because we were going to get bombed. I didn't think about it because you're a kid. You know, you don't you don't yeah. know. You know.
1: Yeah,
2: um, five-year-olds will just go with the flow, won't you? You know, you just yeah, accept yeah. your environment. Yeah, uh, but now, you know, if you're 16, you're like, I'm not getting on that bus. You can take a hike, mate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be completely different, wouldn't it?
0: But for a five-year-old living in that kind of environment, you know, clearly having problems with, uh, with your speech. I mean, you said that you weren't speaking for a good three weeks. You know, yeah. the stammer then manifested throughout your time at school. What help or support i mean you, you've talked about the, the the teasing and the bullying from the yeah. other the other children, which just i can 't even imagine i begin to imagine how horrendous um that that would have been, but was there anything positive were your parents trying to you know what were your parents trying to do yeah, to help yeah. you?
2: my my parents tried everything I went to various uh, speech therapists counseling um they absolutely tried i mean i i 'd have extra lessons at school to read out loud. Um, and I know they tried absolutely everything but come I think th- they didn't give up but the things—they don't forget things were a lot different okay he's got a stammer that's it um, although they tried from you know probably from when I was six or seven right through until I was 16 um, to get, get things done and it just didn't happen um, I'm, I'm sure things are different now um, there, there's a lot of there are charities that can help with it there are um, companies and organisations that can help with it um, but with as far as I must stop saying um. Uh, but where, where I'm concerned, it was just up to 16. They they did their absolute best, but it just didn't didn't work. You know, I mean, if I was uh-huh. if I was in a class if I was in a a classroom after school with the teachers that I knew that I trusted, I could stand up and I could read Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You know, you put one person in there to listen to it, Janet and John will be a struggle. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's just the environment. It's, you know, I could be talking to somebody cleanly and freely, and then someone would come along uh, to join the conversation, and I'll just fall to pieces. Yeah. So,
1: to me, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I mean, I, I know that the bullying in the emotional side was yeah. was not very very kind, and even you, you mentioned that your teachers even joined in yeah. when you came to good old Britain. Great. Um, <laughs> What that's and, cool. and I—they
2: bulldozed it. The school I used to go to—they bulldozed it. It's gone. So, very,
1: well, that's good news. Um, good reasons, I say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what I would like to ask you is, is: physically, how does that make you feel? Having the same—it must be exhausting, because is your mind going at the rate of knots, trying to think ahead that there's a T coming up or a B
2: coming up. I, I could see words, yeah. After the strange the thing was, I could see words coming up that i want to avoid, and then I'd get taken by a letter by surprise, one that I would mm-hmm. never have an issue or a problem with. Um, I'd sometimes change words around. I mean, some, one, one of my dad's friends knew me as Paul because he asked me what my name was, and I couldn't say Philip, so I just said Paul. And and my dad, never corrected him, and I didn't. So he knew me for <laughs> for as long as I was I was uh, uh, with 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 with. In, in in here we go again in the area. Um, mm. And when I get get stressed or anxious, uh, it can as you're hearing now, it can develop a little bit. But I can soon, you know, sit down, take a breath, and and take it under control. And uh, because it's it's basically my subconscious. You know, I mean, Tim Tim Box basically. You know I I, I I don't want to sound rude but he basically said to my subconscious stop it mm. and he did you know I mean there, there's a lot more involved in that but he yeah, was yeah, basically yeah. telling my subconscious you know you're sorry you're, 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 you know, I, I don't want you to do that anymore can you please go away and and it has but they, they, there is a few little drips in there occasionally that when I've got a cold or run down or I'm feeling a bit stressed or anxious I mean this year has been quite tough uh, as it is with everybody being, being being I mean I was out of work from March for quite some time Mm. and And it was very, very hard, but i didn 't get to meet anybody because we were all locked up,
1: yeah
2: all yeah. locked down I should say yeah.
1: yeah, I think it's really interesting as well that you know you were saying that obviously your parents tried all sorts of things, and I can imagine as a parent that you would, and i 'm sure that your your parents, without you realizing it then actually took that um the, the view that. If it doesn't work, what else can we do? I'm sure that yeah. they, you know, because you would do that for your child, wouldn't you? And I'm sure Absolutely. I wonder whether there was an a, an element as well of I don't know, regret on your on your father's side, sort of thinking, you know, if we weren't there,
2: that would never have happened. Um, that was never spoken about. That was never spoken about. Um in fact, sad sadly, uh my mum never got to see me talk um on on a big stage. Mm. uh we, we we lost her quite a few years ago now. I mean, my, my, my dad died when he was only fifty two. Right. Um, he was very very young. Um, but now we we, we they, were, they were fantastic parents, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And and, and and they do what they what they have to do, what they what they need to try and do, and, and they yeah. do,
1: yeah. Um, but
2: so so it was, sadly, it was, the, the student wasn't up to it.
1: <laughs> well, no, I think that it just wasn't the right. I would think, as you've told us today, that it just wasn't the right. The, the the avenues that you researched were were the wrong avenues. That's all. Mm. And 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 I think that we've had this discussion before because you have shared a story with us at the the Medway Business Diaries, and you shared a story at the Tunbridge Wells. So we have touched on this this subject before, and you've you've mentioned that you know, what is successful for one person not necessarily going to be successful for the next yeah. person. So, you know, I, I think it's it's fantastic that it's a shame in a, in one respect that, you're, you know, your parents tried their best, couldn't find a, a therapy that worked, and then there was those intervening years where you just kind of accepted this is how it is, but then mm. all of a sudden starting your own business... You know, sort of led you to something else, which then led you to taking up that cause again to find you know a route to 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 help you with your speech and and it worked so and then gosh you were
2: you were off <laughs> yeah but I've got a lot of catching up to do, so they can't shut me up now,
0: <laughs> but I think that's something that I'm fascinated <laughs> in this this theme of confidence that we've talked about um throughout your, your story, I mean, you left school, very, very little self-confidence, but you'd found something that you loved, which was music. Yeah. And it, it seems really, music is such a, um, a sort of a, like a, a high profile, you know, public facing. I mean, you're up on stage, you're yeah. in front of crowds of, you know, thousands of people you, you've you played to. I, I find it fascinating that that sort of child at school Sort of quite insular, very little confidence. Then goes up onto the stage, and and in our previous conversations, you've said that, you know, yes, but I was the drummer, I was at the back, I didn't have to to speak to to
2: anybody. Yeah, but, but also that, there's that there's that um, I've thought about this. It's the if you're going to sound really big head big big, big head 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 headed. If, if if you're good at something, then you want people to see you doing it, and I'm a good drummer, and yeah. I would i would be happy, you know, to, to watch me doing this. And when I'm playing percussion, which is something else I do now, which is basically all other things you hit other than drums. Mm. Um, so it's congas, timbales, tambourines and things. And I'm throwing tambourines up in the air on stages, and I haven't dropped one once yet. You know, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, but when it comes to speaking, you know, you stand in, the, in, in a room with 20 people, I've got no chance. Put, put me on the stage behind a drum kit in front of 30,000, you know, bring it on.
0: But it's interesting that transition from moving from, you know, that, that, relatively, that relative safety of being behind the drums at the back of the stage to setting up your own school where you're talking with the, the, your students and you're talking with their yeah. parents to then standing up in front of an audience where it's just you and your public speaking. I mean, people, many people are terrified
2: of public speaking. Yeah, I mean, with, with public speaking, I'd, at the moment, I haven't tried it without a microphone um i have to be holding something because i still feel as though i'm standing behind something yeah are you with me it, it, yeah, again yeah, yeah. it's one of those sub subconscious things i mean I, I i bought myself a headset mic and, and i didn't like it oh. uh, i didn't like the fact that i didn't have anything to to hold um i have done one event where i had a, two sorry events now when i've had a lapel mic um but i was doing the boom whackers which are plastic tubes that you bang together and there's uh, oh that's what sizes, we had various, yeah. yeah they're, they're yeah. various sizes and various notes so so i had i had two of these in my hand um so i couldn't oh. hold a microphone but i was still holding something um and once i have started i was fine i could put these down start clapping you know waving my arms around or doing what i have to do but as far as just standing and speaking i feel as though i need to be behind something be it you know 10, ten tons of drum kit or, or a microphone uh but it, it's improving. Every single time an improvement. And it's a shame that lockdown came for everybody, you know, but I'm, I'm selfish. I want to get something out of everything I can. Um, I, I was starting to get some nice engagements, but they all came to a, a crashing halt. And now we don't know what's going to be happening, happening with um, the you know, corporate events happening because everyone's now working from home. Well, not everyone, but most people are working from home now. So will these corporate events ever happen again? Mm. That's, mm-hmm. that's the question mark, you know, because I'd love them. I love going into rooms where there's a typical British person sat there, their arms folded, you know, okay, mate, entertain me, you know, and then winning those people over. To me, it's a challenge, and, 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 it, and it works. You know, you, you see these sort of faces in there, especially on a Friday afternoon after lunch, when they're all watch, look, looking at their, their watches and they're waiting for the keynote speech from, from, from the CEO, and you see people yawning, and I've got to go and wake this lot up. And that's a massive challenge. And, but I, you and know, the, I love that, doing
1: The it. whole, yeah, the whole thing about the rhythm, though, and and, and opening up. I mean, b- both times you've been at the Business Diaries live events, you've brought the boomwhackers along, and, and and put them under the chairs. So yeah. you literally start off by getting everybody engaged, and you know, and and we do that that whole the the test. You know, you get us yeah. to to engage with the you know right. You 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 do a rhythm of three and you do a rhythm of, yeah. you know, and it's great fun. So immediately you've got everyone on side. And, and
2: also, also there's something I do. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I suppose I could call it a command technique. You, you, you've seen me a, a, a twice now, I think. I never walk on and say, hello, my name is Phil, I blah, 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 blah. I'll walk on and say, under your chairs, there's a the boom get them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's great. <straight laughs> if I stood there and, and said, hello, my name is Phil, I would start stammering. So I've, yeah. I've got to have a run-up at it and, and just go straight in there. And, and it works. In, in a, it, it works. In, oh, oh, it's oh, it... Crikey, you know, I've got to get on with this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, I mean, it's, the, the interesting part about that is that actually it's a really good technique to engage your audience and it's a very good speaking technique, but actually you're, it's also a very good te- technique for you because that gives you control and That's exactly helps yeah. you With your speech, and and so it's that that double edge. Is, is brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely great.
2: When, when, I, when I started doing the um, networking fairly regularly, I would never stand up and give my name at the beginning, although that was a written way. You know, if they had, uh, I did one once with some small maracas. They were, they were about the size of eggs, uh, sort of tiny eggs. And I put I put an egg on on every placemat around the table. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, I basically said, "Okay, everyone, start shaking along with me." As soon as I stood up, and then they did, yeah. and then they were shaking. And I didn't say anything for about ten to fifteen seconds. And then they put. I said, "Put your eggs down." And I said, "While you were shaking that, how many of you were thinking about your tax return?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so it, and then I introduced myself because I've I've had chance to to relax because there's that moment before you walk on a stage. No matter how many people you're going to perform against, be it, say, 20, or in my case, I've been very fortunate. I've played some big crowds. There's that couple of seconds that you have from the lights going out or being introduced to be, to walking on. You know, there's fears. Am I going to fall yeah. over a, a cable that's in the wrong place? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is all my equipment still plugged in? Has somebody unplugged something? Which actually happened at an event at Washington Castle. Um, I, <laughs> just one sideline. I was doing a show with a a production called The Magic of Motown. Uh, We were headlining one of the nights at Rochester Castle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I won't say who the the singer was on before us, but she's very, very well known. Her her guitar player uh, unplugged my electronics to plug his guitar amp in, or or his crew did, which is absolutely fine. But there's, there's there's as a rule, you know, if you're going to unplug something, whatever you unplugged, Please put it back. Back, yes, you know? absolutely. So, so we've, we've, even though our, our our stage tech had had his checklist, um, we'd we we'd, we'd done the percussion. All the all the electronics were actually work, working fine. Um, and I don't know if there's a if you remember the song by Diana Ross called "Chain Reaction." Mm. Um, there's a massive electronic drum field right at the beginning of this song. Um, so I, you know, the song before that, I, I turn on, uh, I go to my uh, electronics, see if the lights are on. And they're off. So we're we panicking around. I have to call one of the stagehands over and he's, you know, rustling around trying to find out what the problem is. And it was unplugged. Fortunately, we had it plugged in just before the song started. So there wasn't silence. But, you know, you have to be aware of everything. So there, there is that sense of nerves, you know. Yeah, it, most it, definitely. It yeah. But now I think, how good can they make this? Rather yeah. than what's going to go wrong? I mean, I, 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 I had some Tom Toms collapse at the NEC in Birmingham in front of 15,000 people once. <laughs> you know, i did this drug fill, and, and one 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 of the ractoms on the kit just just fell to one side but you just deal with it you know yeah. uh, I, I, I laughed about that you know and, and you do th- think things happen but you try and you try and keep the bad things to a minimum but yeah, that's the nerves I, I i i get shut off with or oh, shut off sorry must remember my t's even though i don't <laughs> like them um to go in in control start from the word go when i'm going on stage on percussion i'll I'll run around the rig a few times you know inside it i'll jump up and down get myself warmed up limbered up because otherwise i'll stand and i'll become a wreck but as soon as you hear the counting on the headphones or or, on your ears you're absolutely off and, and, and you're away same thing with speaking once you've got past your introduction um you calm down and being nervous of public speaking is a perfectly natural thing to do yeah, yeah, some. Absolutely. I've read some report somewhere that, you know, people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. Mm. Which, yeah, the oh, I know. Thing. It's, it's, but, it's know, a huge I've, I've heard that before, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Right, well, before we run out of time, which we are, it's literally... Oh, sorry. Uh, you see, I can't shut
2: me up. I've had 50 odd years of silence. Well, you can't catch I've got some catching up to do.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'd like to just pause for thought here and, and think about sort of our takeaways from the story today and. And I've got to say, I I personally feel that it's a a message of hope. You've, you know, you've had a long battle with stammering, but you've allowed, you've you've not allowed it to define you at all. And, you know, quite by accident, by taking a different path work-wise, it's led you to a way of overcoming it. And I think that that says a massive don't give up to so many people whatever you know it doesn't have to be stammering it could be anything but it's definitely Mm. a message of don't give up there is hope and as you said that didn't work for me what else can I do I love that what about you Isla what what have you taken away from today
0: yeah very much this this reframing this looking at looking at the problem you know as you say I can't do xyz but that you don't give up it would have been so easy for you to have not accepted that invitation to the follow up networking meeting and gone in that second week but no you were no I'm going to go I'm going to figure out what is preventing me from doing my you know 60 second introduction I love this reframing and then just just in the last few moments in our in our conversation you were talking about well Yes, you've gone through everything that could possibly go wrong, and you've tried to address everything. But you've taken it that step further, and thought, right, okay, this is these are the elements. How can I make every single one of these elements better? Mm. And I love that. Yeah. I think that's, a, oh, that's a key takeaway for me. Yeah, excellent.
1: So, um, Phil, what uh, what are you working on now? Is, is uh, I mean, I appreciate it. it's lockdown, and uh, at the moment, I'm working in the
2: pet shop. Right, And it brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I, had, I was in a bad place during lockdown. Um, I tried a few jobs, but I just couldn't, couldn't do it. And um, my wife saw this advert for uh, part-time workers at a pet shop. So we applied and I got it. And I get to cuddle puppies every other day. It's great. No, nothing. No. <laughs> but all, the, all, all that comes to an end in September, the theatres, um, there are a couple of trial shows in July that I'm on uh, up in Birmingham and Manchester. And then uh, looks like the the touring proper is going to start in in September, and I think my first uh, theatre show in a, in a full theatre, hopefully be a full theatre, will be at the Marlow in Canterbury. So for me, it's a local gig, which would be brilliant.
0: Well, right. That's ideal. I mean, I think things are opening up all the time, aren't they? Gradually yeah. and 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 carefully. So, how can people but get in touch much. with you
2: to find out yeah. uh, to find out more? Right. Uh, um, so, my company's called Inspirational Rhythms. Uh, it's all one word, so it will be uh, inspirationalrhythms.co.uk. Uh, I'm very contactable on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter as uh, at Pip Drums. So yeah, just find me, come and come say hello. And uh, if you know, if you want to find out about drumming, speaking, um, you won't be able to shut me up but you've found out.
1: thank you very much phil Uh, we're so grateful to you for sharing the story it's 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 been great to have a chat with you again and see you again um i hope that actually it might encourage others to try other avenues when they've come up against a dead end just remember that didn't work what else can you do So we find ourselves at the end of another podcast. And so time to say thanks to everyone, especially to Paul Cheese for our super jingle and his um, editing magic. Isla,
0: are there any announcements before we go? Just to say that we hope you've loved this conversation as much as we have. Lisa and I, we're keeping the stories coming every month. So subscribe on your preferred platform. We're uploading new episodes in the first week of each month. So do subscribe. And the other thing that we just wanted to say is we absolutely love hearing your feedback so when you listen to the stories do get in contact with us and let us know what you think you can get in touch with us through our social media channels on twitter or facebook at the biz diaries brilliant thank you
1: so of course thanks to you the listener for tuning in we hope you enjoyed today's story and the discussion and that you'll join us for the next one bye for now
0: bye bye
2: We hope you have enjoyed listening to this edition of The Business Diaries. We would love to hear your feedback. Please find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries.